And me, Pete Phillips. Are not related. And this is a show where me and Pete, two well well seasoned, doesn't sound right, but I'm going to keep it, two well seasoned surfers (laughs) ride the waves of knowledge. Trying to catch a gnarly wave, also known as the Nar Nar. So when we do catch one, we got to come home and tell you all about it so you can feel like you rode that wave along with us. Okay. I was waiting for the third wave. <laughs> <laughs> I have. I wrote it and then I lost it, but I decided to win. <laughs> in other words, we tell you things you didn't know you needed to know. <laughs> As in, Pete told me I was in charge of the intro today. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to... I don't regret it at all. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. How are you? I'm okay, uh, but I did get called for jury duty. Oh, so did I! When? Yeah, mine's at the end of the month. So I got out of mine because mine is still in Philadelphia somehow. Nice. And as my mother told me, if I keep saying weird things so that they send me home, they will just call me every two years. And she's actually right. But you have not been saying weird things to get out of jury duty, right? No. In fact, I filled out the questionnaire and I was like, ah, shit, I'm going to be perfect for this. (laughs) But then they didn't pick you? Oh, no, I have to um, report. Uh, Get this. The first Friday of May. The first Friday. Why would it be Friday before the weekend? That's what I'm thinking. That's weird. But then somebody said, well, they probably want to get a jury together on Friday so that they can start Uh, a trial on Monday. And I'm like, that's messed up. Why are you going to eat up my Friday and my Monday? (laughs) I'm sorry. So that's coming up um, where I get to experience the joys of the judicial system. (laughs) Why don't you just say weird things? And by um, weird things, oh, I'm sorry. I'm saying weird things, and you all are listening, saying, oh, she doesn't do her duty. I don't know why I said weird things. I just said the truth. And mm-hmm. most people soften the truth because they think it makes them look weird. Just say you hate cops or that you hate corporations or that you feel bad for minorities like what that are basically I'm afraid you don't know where I'm getting this questionnaire from. They don't ask questions like that. No, no, no. No, no, no. I mean, if your questionnaire's so good, they'll ask you in person and you'll mm-hmm. have to say I in person to their face. Last time uh I got jury duty in this area. Oh no, this was the first time I got jury duty. I lived in New Jersey, everybody. And they said, "Do you have any biases against people?" in terms of driving in any way. Mm-hmm. And in my heart, I was saying, yeah, I can't stand Pennsylvania drivers because they don't know how to drive. Yeah. But in my mouth, I said no. And it turned out that the case was an old man who was a Pennsylvania driver oh. <laughs> got rear-ended by <laughs> um, a guy in Atlantic City, and he was trying to get paid. So, so I'm sorry, you weren't in that trial? No, I was. Oh, you were? See, so what? that's exactly what I meant. When I say you give weird responses, I don't mean you lie. I mean you say what you actually think. Yeah. Even if they look at you very, like, they look at you like they're judging you hard as fuck. 
They all they they hate everybody it. is all the time. So you may as well just lean into it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so good luck. I think you should say the truth. Um, it may set me free. Yeah, keep us posted. I want to know where you end up. When is yeah. it in May? Uh, first Friday in May. First Friday in May. Just in okay. time for me to have papers to grade and a bunch of other stuff to do. Ooh, fun. <laughs> what about you, Marissa? What have you been up to in the past week? Mm, I don't remember anything of note, but I will just tell you something that I just learned that I'm pretty upset about. Okay. Guys. We're, we're here for you. Okay, thank you. I am very set in my ways, and I have very strong convictions, some of which are stupid and childish, but I keep them, and I am a pretty consistent person. And I know all I do is talk about this wedding, and I'm sorry, but it's just, it's a lot. It's a and lot. I, I feel like anybody who's got married before understands why you're talking about this all the time. Yeah, and the thing that stinks is, it didn't occur to me that I'm one-third of this wedding, because Aaron is the groom, and my parents are paying for, like, everything, so I don't get to just boss everyone around. So. But you could try. I tried. So I at least, <laughs> before I tell you what is going to happen, I told my mother, I told her, like, no. And she goes, it's not just your wedding. And I say, you know what? You're right. You get this, and this is the only one. And there's actually not going to be another one. And this is fine. And That's I was like, not- as long as, as long as you know, I'm not going to take part in this. Sounds you know like Marissa's going? going to get her song. She's my mother. I guess I'm glad it's not the one that says to the left. Now hop this time. Uh. (laughs) At least it's not that. Is it achy breaky heart? No, my mother's making us do the margarine. Listeners, didn't we talk about the Macarena like maybe three episodes ago? <laughs> like we did. And you know what? Maybe it's better. Maybe it's just like we, she said, don't worry, not the chicken dance. She said, and the electric slide is too old. And thank God. I don't no, it's not. She... The electric slide is timeless. Marisol. Oh, yes. That's, I think I'd rather that one. And thank God. she does. I don't think she knows that the now hop this time to the left now, y'all. I don't think she knows that one exists. Or, or she doesn't know the name of it. And that I'll send one, her an email. Cha cha slide. <laughs> oh yeah, cha cha slide. That actually is probably the worst one in existence. Uh, tied with the chicken dance, but maybe the cha cha slide is even worse. The cha cha slide just moves so slow. It's like to the left, to the right, and you're like, you know, "What am I doing with all these seconds in between you talking?" <laughs> I think what upsets me so much is how pumped people get when it's on, <laughs> and. I love Aaron, but he also does it, like, with glee, Mm. and it upsets me, (laughs) because I'm just like, really? (laughs) Do you lack (laughs) self-awareness? No, I'm not just talking about Aaron. I'm talking about everyone who does it. Mm -hmm. Everyone who does it. At least the electric slide is, like, just seems nostalgic and old-timey and short. Yeah, yeah. But we're electric. I just don't feel like... The Macarena should be the one that shows it for a wedding of Hispanic people. That seems a little on the nose. Mm. <sighs> oh, and then my mother said, I saw my mother on a group chat with my aunts go like, what's that new Bad Bunny merengue song? And then my cousin sent it to her and my mother's like, oh, never mind. That's ugly. So then I texted my mother. I'm like, why are you asking people things? Are you trying to find songs for the wedding? And she said, yes. And I said, 
can you just like find films you want that like we won't find? Please don't try to like pick the relevant song. Like my mother's yeah. trying to like. I said, do you think I'm incapable of like picking dancey music? And she's like, yeah, I don't think you guys know what's current. First of all, I don't care if we. Have, first of all, I'm gonna try. Who to the fuck is she trying to impress? I don't know. Also, <laughs> I, think, I think my mother is caught up on the fact that she said, "What are you gonna play?" I'm like, just '90s dance tracks. But I'm not the only one. Aaron is going to pick, and Aaron likes, like, current music. Mm-hmm. But, like, my mother's trying to impress people and prove that we're relevant. But I'm like, it's my wedding. No one thinks I'm relevant. <laughs> no one <laughs> no one is friends with me because they think I know the latest song. But then I was like, and oh. It's, a, a wedding isn't the place you go to for the latest hits. Yeah. You're like, oh, man, I've never heard this one before. <laughs> Let me get into it. But also, that's not even the end of it. So I said, like, oh, but coincidentally, I'm definitely going to play that song. She was like, why? And I said, because I like Bad Bunny and I like that song. And she was like, you listen to Bad Bunny? And I was like, I mean, she's like, why don't you, why don't I know that? And I was like, I don't know. And she was like, you don't even know what he's saying. And I was like, first of all, I've been listening to, like, Japanese music since I was, like, eight. Since (laughs) when does that matter? And then she was like, you listen to Spanish music? Guys, in case you know, I'm Puerto Rican. And I guess my mother expects me to give her a memo every time I like a song and someone's singing in Spanish. And then it's just, just sometimes I just get tired. Mm-hmm. I understand. So that happened. My mother was texting me about that the moment Pete said, I'm ready. So I'm sorry. <laughs> this wasn't the most exciting, but I just, it was still on my mind. And it was making me tired. And there's only one song that Marissa really needs. You mean the one I'm walking down the aisle to? Or yeah. Yeah, yeah. Although, in addition to that, I do need, like, rhythm is a dancer. What is mm-hmm. love? Rhythm mm-hmm. is the night. Rhythm is the night? I mean, it is, but that's the wrong. <laughs> but yeah, exactly. Anyway, <laughs> I'll set up, guys. I just thought it was funny that, like, my mother, who, this is great, I love my mother, but who's, like, 70 is is like trying to make sure I have the most relevant songs, which one, I don't care about. But two, I was like, do you think I'm incapable of knowing what's relevant and I need you to do that? And she said, yes. <laughs> but also, who cares what's relevant? Yeah. I'm not doing a, a top 40 hits countdown. I'm relevant because it's my wedding. <laughs> exactly. I'm the most relevant. Anyway, I'm done. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for that rant. It's Okay. Okay. This is what we're here for, Marissa. We are your therapist. Thank you. But just so anyone who listens and is invited to my wedding knows, I didn't pick the Macarena. <laughs> and I would hope you know me enough to know that. Group dance songs. I don't know. I mean... It reminds me of gym class. It's like so participatory and you have to. And you're like, ah, oh, but I don't want to. I just... My mother's known me for 37 years. I just thought she knew better. Hmm. But no, I'm sorry. She probably knew better. It doesn't care. So, yeah. I feel like I'm going to be abused in some way by your mother at this wedding. Uh, <laughs> at <yeah>. least verbally. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You'll probably be okay. Presumably. We'll see what happens. <laughs> okay. What, uh, what you got for us? Marissa, today, uh, the icebreaker, um, 
I sent it to you earlier. My hope is that you remember or thought about it a little bit. Yes, but it was too easy. Oh, but, yeah, good. Okay, I'm good. Sorry. I don't mean it that way. I don't mean this was too easy of a, like, how dare you did a shitty job is too easy. I just meant, like, it was yeah. crazy. It was just too easy for me to know an answer immediately. Good. Yeah. So the question is, everybody, there are different talent shows out there that try to find, like, the best dancer or the best singer. And, like, um, there's, like, sneaky shows that try to find the most cunning person. And then some of them also show, like, the most physically fit person. So my question is, (laughs) if you were to have to generate a reality show, what is your America's blankest person reality show? I mean, sorry if you know me and this feels a little on the nose, but like, I just want America's gothic person. Cause one, if you actually be living your life as goth and you're like, not, particularly young there's no way there's not like drama and melodrama in your life to like to be the most goth like to be goth is fine but to try and say that you're the most goth you probably are either trying to live your life like a vampire or like you probably put like white face paint on every day like you must be doing something fucking hard to think that you earn that um I, I do want to say I want like gothist. I don't want like the most extreme person. Not saying that someone with like body modifications can't be goth, but like that's not going to be what makes you the most goth just because you have like a lot of piercings. Like you need to like, you need to be like old school goth. Like you need to like show that you have like, you like morbid things and you're morose and you romanticize the dark side of life. Like I want this to be like dramatic and sullen and like, fantastical i want this just as a beautiful piece of drama with a bunch of really awkward people so yeah that's what i want what do you want i thought that might be one of your answers oh yeah see that's what i said like that's why it's like i i I assume you could have guessed my answer so (laughs) yours is very sweet you're into goth stuff you want to watch other people who are goth stuff i was making a reality show that i could hate watch which would be America's quirkiest person. Oh, God. You know what? I thought about that, and then I was like, no, I hate it, but maybe that would be fun to watch with you. (laughs) And because, like, quirk is such an interesting thing because if you are, if everybody you're with is quirky, then you're no longer quirky because everybody else is. So how do you keep proving yourself in this show that you are quirky? (laughs) Is Zoe Deschanel going to be self-aware and host this? She's going to host it, yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it so much. But in her mind, she's also going to be competing with all the contestants. <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> By today's standards, she's become pretty normal, right? Yeah. Just, I just don't like her singing. I just, oh, no, neither <laughs> do I. So I guess my question is this. What was quirky when we were younger is probably not considered have quirk standards changed? I have no idea. I mean, do you think they have? I'm not saying can you prove it. I w- You know what? I would imagine like a quirky person today mm-hmm. who's like younger would be like, oh, I have a flip phone. Oh, oh God. <laughs> Ooh. I really want Or like, I'm on Mastodon, but I'm not on any other social networks. 
I want there to be like a quirky person from every generation because I want like a millennial who's still stuck in their past who has like a mustache tattoo yeah. on their finger and like <laughs> wears glasses with no um well, not frames no what the fuck no lenses, lenses. <laughs> and like <laughs> is wearing flat shoes and has side swept bangs and like a septum piercing and like they like antiques or something. I don't mm. fucking know. And they do needlepoint. Yeah. Along with like a Gen Zer with a flipped phone. I don't even know what Mastodon is. I assume that meant in context it's a social media site. Oh, and I just read something on Je- Jezebel that something like it's trending for Gen Zs to like get cash and like budget their money in cash form in envelopes like that mm, everyone used cool. to do. So, yeah, I hope that, like, there's that. And then what do you think a quirky Gen Xer is? Gen X. Quirky and Gen X. Oh, is that, like, the person in the breakfast club who, like... Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I like a quirky Gen Xer more than any other generation. Mm Mm-hmm. What would a quirky boomer be? (laughs) They didn't have time to be quirky. A Democrat. Ah, I like that. Oh, okay, right. everybody, it's time for me to get serious. I'm not going to beat around the bush. I don't have any cute transitions. This week, we're talking about celebrity endorsements for mobile games. Oh. <laughs> oh. We're going to circle. I, <laughs> Go ahead. I just, I just want to let you know that I still haven't recovered from Pedro Pascal <laughs> being in the merch mansion commercial. We're going to circle the Pedro Pascal and Kathy Bates of it all, but we are also going down some other avenues. Because <laughs> Kathy Bates has money and she's successful, but she's not like like an it person right now. Pedro Pascal is everywhere. He's quote unquote, he's everyone's quote unquote daddy. So how the fuck can that game make so much money that they could pay for him unless he did it as a lark because he's like, thinks it's funny or something and he took it for not that much but like i know someone that downloaded the game after seeing the pedro pascal commercial Mm. and like they weren't like oh this game is so cool no so i just feel like nobody keeps playing past like a day i'm sorry i'm just shut up Uh, maybe oh okay so part of being a celebrity is endorsing products and some of these are products that you use and some of them are the products that you don't use you know you in this case are the celebrity so congratulations the the product is compensating you in some way or another so like i'm sure that john ham drives a mercedes-benz and john cena probably owns a honda i don't know if he drives a honda but each one of them provides voiceover talent in commercials and so getting a car would be some form of compensation and whether or not they're giving a paycheck as well like you get a car that's a, that's a pretty sweet deal. Now, John Hamm is classy and handsome. He looks well put together. He feels like he would match Mercedes. Mm-hmm. And John Cena is kind of like, he's a little more fun. And he, you know, tries to show as a blue-collar everyman. So I feel like that's kind of the brand that Honda's going after as well. Mm-hmm. So when Kathy Bates showed up playing Granny in a Merge Mansion commercial... Eyebrows are going to rise. Yeah. She Does she fit with this Natch 2 mobile game? She won an Oscar. She won an Emmy in comedy and drama. But did you know she also has an AARP award? 
You know, <laughs> no, okay. You know, like Granny might have, except Kathy Bates has no children, so she's not actually a grandma. Ah, uh, okay. This next part is coming from Screen Rant in December of 2021. At the time of the ads, a press release about the game announced that Kathy Bates would be portraying the grandmother, Ursula, in a series of live-action ads for Merge Mansion. Bates expressed her excitement, saying, Ursula and I fit like a pair of beloved old garden gloves. Thank you, Merge Mansion, for inviting me to play. I mean, these people don't even get paid. Clearly that's written. (laughs) I mean, yeah, yeah. She went on to praise the game's style, connecting Ursula's taste in decor to her own experience in art school. (laughs) I mean, that's fine. But, I mean, again, I haven't played the game. But when I'm I'm trying to get an extra life on Best Fiends, it makes me Mm -hmm. watch an ad. And the game is just fucking point-and-click shit. I doubt they have, like, CGI cut sequences. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, If it was just for money, Kathy Bates wasn't telling. Okay. Then came Pedro Pascal. Ugh. He's, like, world famous right now. Like Marissa said, he's in everything, and he can seemingly do no wrong. Which and if made he you... does, I'm going to cry for days. Guys, I never like to jump on the bandwagon <laughs> with this shit. Hey, I don't like that girl who's in the Wednesday show. I find her very annoying, and everyone likes her, and that makes me like her less. But boy, ugh, so I just want to bone Pedro Pascal just like everyone else. So you might stop and think, why is he doing Merge Mansion ads? Refinery29 investigated at a live event. God bless them. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to my mansion, Pedro Pascal jokes before waving me over to the red velvet armchair set up next to him. He seems right at home, seated in what's been transformed into a gilded parlor to immerse you in the experience of the mobile game Merge Mansion. I'm sorry, what is this event? Publisher Metacore has turned the Spanish-style venue into an escape room-like experience that takes you from the study to the ballroom and beyond as you decipher clues. How does he not have better things to do? As I recount the experience to Pascal, his eyes light up. Going into one room and the safe opening and putting the knife in the bust and the money coming out of the chimney, and then going down to the kitchen, and the pies, he smiles, as if salivating over the hope berry pies that were brought to life from the game. It's just delicious, he says. Uh, what the fuck? I love a good mystery, and I love it in books. I love it in movies. I love it in television, says Pascal. And who doesn't love a pie? Says Pascal, who grew up entranced by the board game Clue, which is a funny sentence. (laughs) And also, there is... Guys, I really want you to tell me, has anyone played Merge Mansion? Is it okay to liken Merge Mansion to Clue? In my mind, no. No, yeah, no, not at all. So, to sort of discover that within the gaming world... And in such a kind of contained and specific way that there's a way to play out a mystery with this kind of atmosphere and tone, that's right in my wheelhouse. That's Pedro Pascal again. Mm. He appeared at the 2022 Game Awards, which he says was the only time his nephews called him to share their excitement. Star Wars wasn't enough. The HBO show wasn't enough. Being at the Game Awards was. 
So not only do I understand the popularity of games, but I understand that the popularity is directly correlated from the fact that the stories are so good and that it's a new way of telling them. I mean, uh, as someone who, while not as much of a gamer as I used to be, I do consider myself somewhat of a gamer, I wouldn't be caught dead saying, oh yeah, I game, I play Merge Mansion. But the Nerd Stash, which is a website, exposes Merge Mansion in their piece called What is Grandma's Secret? Unfortunately for crime mystery fans out there, more often than not, Grandma Ursula is simply hiding stories about her family's rather mundane past for some reason. <gasps> oh and my the God, video ads and the video ads don't or barely have anything to do with what's going on in the game. Oh, that's what I was afraid of, but I was like, there's no fucking way. Could they really be doing all this just to fucking pull the rug out from under us? Oh, that's fucked. After completing Task 97 and and uncovering a broken statue, Maddie, who's the main character, learns that her parents broke up and almost didn't marry each other. It turns out it's because her mom, Becky, was accepted into a college in Europe. Then, when she visited her dad, Michael, during the summer break, he decided to gift her a statue, and she realized she couldn't live without him. She hurriedly kissed him. Gifting a statue? That's psychotic. She hurriedly kissed him, which made him drop the statue and make it crack. I'm sorry, was that the secret? Yeah. <laughs> After completing task 106, which involves Great Aunt Debbie, the, ten- the tennis court, and a scene of a crime, apparently it only refers to when Ursula and Deb often get into fights over a tennis match trophy and try to settle the score by beating each other in more matches. Grandpa Charlie then decided to hide the trophy, so they stopped bickering. So the scene of the crime is the stealing of the statue from each other. (laughs) Wow, that is such a letdown. But believe it or not, this all makes sense to me. These were big commercials for a big game. It's no surprise to me that they got major people in them. But the big question is how Merge Mansion was able to get these big stars. And answering the question about Kathy Bates anyway was Reddit user BrilliantSpeech681, who said, They got money to pay her. Mostly, my money. <laughs> wow, okay. Yeah, because I was going to say, yeah, I get it. But who? how many of you are playing this fucking game? Merge Mansion is made by Metacore Games, which has a few different estimates of valuation, but all of those uh, fall somewhere between 180 to $211 million. What? Their games are available in countries across the world, so that expands the base a lot. And digital analytics company Sensor Tower estimates that Merge Mansion had a half a million downloads last month. But the I game is free. <laughs> but the game is free, so how did they also make $8 million last month? $8 million in a month, Marissa. <laughs> wow. A few things separate it from its competitors. For one, it's a Merge 2 game. Uh, many things are Merge 3 games, like Candy Crush. You connect three things together, and they go away. Aside from that, it's what industry seems to call a meta layer, this whole Merge Mansion thing. You take uh-huh. the skeleton of a game, and you add a different layer of graphics and story, and then poof, you have a new game. So the investment in the product feels pretty low, and then... Of course, you make your money off those in-game purchases. 
Versus. It's just a game where you match things. I can't even understand what you would buy in game. Well, to be fair, you are merging things. <laughs> what did I say? In Merge Mansion, you're merging things. Yeah, but it's like in Royal Match, you're matching things. <laughs> oh, fine. I will say this again. I haven't played Merge Mansion, but in like I assume Candy Crush. Or okay, in like. So this is going to be my question: Have you ever paid for something in one of these games? Um, I paid for something in a dress-up game. Okay. I wanted more outfits. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Nobody's. <laughs> <laughs> I I play I play Best Fiends, which is a matching game, but it's like a matching, but it but it, it's, it takes like strategy. Does Merge Manager take strategy? It looks like you just like just like merge these two rakes so they become a bigger rake. Like I don't know. Have you seen the gameplay? I have not uh, played Merge Mansion. Yeah, I mean, I haven't either. Again, I've just seen ads that show the gameplay, and it looks like like infantile game yeah. mechanics. Mobile marketing agency Udonis explains, whenever Merge Mansion fair players feel like they are lacking something, they can head to the game store. The store works in two ways, as an in-game shop and as a place to spend real money. Oh, gosh. The game lures p- players to the store with free daily items. For example, a free piggy bank. In the in-game shop, part of the store, players can also purchase different in-game items by using currencies, whether it be gems or coins. Gems are the game's hard currency, and as such, they can be used for all sorts of purposes, like unlocking items, skipping wait times, buying energy... When players first start playing, the game gives them a big stash of gems to get them started. But, since the gems are so useful and rare, they also make up the game's best-selling item. Mm. According to Sensor Tower's iOS data for the U.S., the smallest packs, which go for $199 to $499, sell the best. Coins are the game's soft currency. With that, players can buy items in the game's shop, uh, but they can also be purchased with real money, but not a lot of players bother to buy coins because the game gives them out like every time you beat a level or something like that. Mm. So players don't have such a strong desire to purchase them like they do the gems. Okay. So you can get a pouch of gems for $1.99. You can get a bag of gems for four ninety nine. You can get a season pass, whatever the hell that means, for nine ninety nine. dollars Oh, here it is. You can get a chest of gems for nine ninety nine. Okay. Do you want a truck full of gems? Because that's going to run you twenty bucks. <laughs> this is so stupid. And you can buy a pouch of coins for a dollar ninety nine. Okay. If every new user last month bought a pouch of gems for two dollars, that would be a million dollars. God. Pedro Pascal pulls down six hundred thousand dollars an episode for The Last of Us. So if you peeled off a cool million for a day of shooting a commercial and making appearances, you're done. You've paid Pedro Pascal a million dollars to endorse Merge Mansion. Yeah. And your game's going to become the talk of the internet. Wow. It all makes more sense now, but it's all sadder than I realized. <laughs> yeah, there is a part in this where you sort of stop and go, no wonder the economy's in the toilet. We're spending money on <laughs> gems in a game. <laughs> Uh, Although I do have to admit, I spend at least $10 a month on the game that I play. <laughs> what do you play? I play a game called Two Dots. Oh. And it's also a matching game. 
What are you what are you spending money on? Uh coin so that I can buy extra fancy moves and boosts and stuff. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. I wonder how many people what um people ah I wonder what percentage of people who play phone games actually buy that stuff. I'm curious. But yeah. anyway. You'd think I had that number, but I don't. No, it's okay. Believe it or not, I didn't put this piece together because of Merge Mansion. My main interest in this topic comes from the ads that I see the most, which is Royal Match. This mm-hmm. is a match three game, meaning mm-hmm. you have to put three things together, not two. Mm-hmm. Featuring King Robert. Which is the lamest fucking king name I've ever heard. <laughs> he is the game's mascot slash main character, and his ca- and it takes place in a castle. By solving puzzles, players earn coins that they can then use to decorate King Robert's castle and unlock new areas of the castle. Okay, that actually sounds kind of fun. <laughs> the Not following the celebrities part, dressing up to like oh yeah yeah decorating yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. The following celebrities have endorsed Royal Match. David Hasselhoff. Frankie Muniz from Malcolm in the Middle. Oh, poor Frankie Muniz. Rick Hoffman, who is an unfortunate looking man from the TV show Suits. Oh, I think I know this. (laughs) Tom Felton, who was in Harry Potter, but I forget what role he played. Mm. Drac, is there like a guy who's like, Drake something. Malfoy. There you uh, go. Yeah, yeah, that's him. Draco <laughs> Malfoy, maybe. John C. McGinley, who was the um, sarcastic guy who was a doctor in Scrubs. Oh. S- Stephen Nichols, an actor from the soap opera Days of Our Lives. Wow, this this game clearly has money to spend. James Murr Murray from Impractical Jokers. Kevin O'Leary from Shark Tank, aka Mr. Wonderful. Austin Nichols, who was in One Tree Hill and The Walking Dead. They should just pull their money and get one really big celebrity instead of a billion half celebrity. Linda Pearl, who was in Matlock and Happy Days, because you got to hit that boomer market. God, yeah. Kate Flannery, who was in The Office. Matt Peters, who is a guy who played a guard in Orange is the New Black. This is idiotic. Renee Stubbs who is, I think, an Australian tennis star. Mason Dye. Nobody knows that. Mason Dye, who was in Teen Wolf and Stranger Things. Kevin Dillon, who was in Entourage. He was Johnny Drama. Mm -hmm. Brad Gilbert, another tennis star. And Pascal Legitimus, who is a French actor. Now, I'm pretty sure those ads only ran in France. Okay. But the thing that really throws me is what I sent to you, Marissa. What? That you sent? Oh, no, I see it. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. two people who we're looking at right now. Yeah. And they are both young, and they are both ladies, and they are both doing Royal Match ads. Mm-hmm. The thing is... I don't know who either one of them is. Never seen them. I also asked our listener Juan, and he didn't know, and it was bugging the hell out of him. Yeah, me too. So much that I posted it on the <laughs> shitty mobile game ads uh, Reddit forum, or Reddit <laughs> thread or whatever, and no one has helped me. Aww. One guy was smart enough to say, 
They are in Cameo. So I responded to him, I know, that narrows the search to 37,000 people. Oh, God. <laughs> but it's it's fascinating me. I don't know who these two people are. And my question is, are they celebrities? Hey, Gen Z listener we have, do you know who these people are? <laughs> so what I want to know is, are these people famous or are they normal people that they're actually paying through Fiverr? Oh. Because you can do that. You Ugh. can pay somebody to endorse a product through Fiverr. God, now, I was wasting my time on Fiverr trying to get people to hire me to write for them. This is a long list. Okay, Marissa. How did they make all this happen? Any ideas? With money? Well, yeah, but they used Cameo. Oh, all of these are just cameo ads? Yes. <laughs> That's fucking so sloppy. So rather, and some of them still have the cameo watermark in the ad. <laughs> oh my god. Wait, Pete, where are you seeing these ads? I see them all the time. I play two mobile games primarily. One of them is Two Dots, and the other one is Wordscapes. Oh, you, you, these aren't on TV. These are just... No, yes, oh, yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. okay, got it. So, like Marissa said, rather than banking on big stars, Royal Match is banking on a bunch of randos. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> and those two women that I can't identify. And mm -hmm. I did spend a lot of time scrolling through Cameo trying to find these two people's faces, but it wasn't good use of my time. <laughs> <laughs> Can but you do Google reverse image search? I tried, yes. You get a lot of people that look like those people. Oh, okay. I, I hope that Google is not reverse image searching people's face as well. Yeah. I hope. Yeah. <laughs> but when you book an ad as a business through Cameo, you have a 15-day license window to actually use the ad that you paid for. Why? What do you mean? Well, if you buy an ad from David Hasselhoff, he, you don't get to use it forever because, you know, if something happened with your product... So you only get to use it for 15 days? Wow. Yeah. And oh, some of them some of them offer longer durations, but you pay extra for that. Yeah. Okay. Um and that's why you see some of these ads a lot and some of them you never see again. Huh. Okay. Marissa, what do you think an ad via Cameo goes for for Lindsay Lohan? Oh, probably a shit ton of money. Oh, wait, so for a product? Yeah. You can throw out numbers. I can give you the high-low. $100,000. Okay, lower than that. <laughs> okay. You could cut that into quarters. What? 22000 Wow. And is that the for most, 15 days? Yes. Okay, wow. The most expensive... This is, this is from my perspective, okay, guys? I'm going to take that on. The most expensive... Two recognizable crossover that I could find mm -hmm. is a tie between James Vanderbeek, mm -hmm. Don Johnson, mm -hmm. Vanilla Ice, and Scott Stapp of Creed. And they are what? all tied at $50,000. Are you fucking kidding me? Who the fuck does Scott Stapp and who does Scott Stapp think he is? Also, who does James Vanderbeek think he is? Yeah. Lindsay Lohan is worth more money than James Vanderbeek. There is a guy who uh, sells them for $100,000, and he's in all sorts of, like, rip-off, really cheap independent films. 
Um, so I'm pretty sure he's just doing it for clout. I don't think anybody's ever bought one from him. I wonder but, what the the parameters are because I'm about to be an extra in a movie this week. I wonder if I can do cameos. <laughs> yeah, you'd think you'd think it would be possible. What with this exciting podcast that we have. Oh yes. David Hasselhoff runs. Okay, remember Lindsay Lohan twenty two thousand dollars, James Vanderbeek fifty thousand dollars. Uh huh. David Hasselhoff sixty five hundred bucks. Oh, all right. Yeah, Frankie Thank Muniz. You. Frankie oh, Muniz costs more than David Hasselhoff. <laughs> that, yeah, see, this all just shows you how fucking, what an inflated ego these people have. Yeah. So, Kevin O'Leary, who is from Shark Tank, goes for $6,500. Wow, for 50, I thought he'd be more. That's for 15 days. But if you want a 90-day license to use that, you have to pay an additional $8,125. Oh, wow, okay. And Kate Flannery from The Office goes for $2,000, just in case you were wondering who, you know, what people are running for. Yeah. So what are Royal Match's numbers? Well, they had $3 million in the last month, and they made $30 million. It's a shame they don't make as much as Merge Mansion because the game sounds more fun. Yeah. I have downloaded Royal Match by accident. Because when the ad shows up, sometimes instead of hitting the X, I hit the ad, and it just downloads onto my phone without ever prompting me. <laughs> wow. You got to fix that on your phone, dude. Yeah. So what I'm saying is the download numbers might be a little deceptive, but the dollars are big. And really, that's all you got to say about it, right? Yeah. I could go on about how many people are scoffing at these huge stars advertising phone games. Yeah. But... The Refinery29 piece reveals that phone games are big, even for those who don't identify as gamers. I've got games on my phone for sure. Merge Mansion is one that I get down with, Pedro Pascal said. (laughs) He also plays Diamond Mine and and was a Candy Crush devotee until he couldn't get past a certain level. I let him know that casual gamers are still gamers, which seemed to please him. (laughs) Aww. There's also a legacy of celebrities advertising these games. Uh, you may have seen one for Mobile Strike starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. No. That was a little while ago. Kate Upton really like made waves when she starred um, in a scantily clad at- outfit in 2014 for the game Game of War Fire Age. Who the fuck is Kate Upton? Kate Upton. She's like a supermodel. I know the name. I'm sorry. That was. I'm saving one for you, Marissa. Don't worry. Okay. Drew Barrymore has done Bingo Blitz. See, I have seen that. And I'm just like, doesn't she have better things to do? (laughs) It's no surprise at all that Ryan Reynolds has done Toon Blast because Ryan Reynolds is Ryan Reynolds. He does anything. I've not seen that. (laughs) There's a new one called Tile Busters. They paid Kate Flannery via Cameo to do an ad. There's also an ad for the game Heyday, starring Craig Robinson. Who's that? Craig Robinson's the, um, you would know him if you saw him. You can Google him really quick. Okay. Wait, (laughs) while I'm Googling that, was Ryan, oh, I see who Craig Robinson is. Was Ryan Reynolds by a cameo or just real? For real. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. And then here's the last one, Marissa. Uh, Have you ever heard of, wait, did I say Solitaire Grand Harvest? Uh, Their spokesperson for a bit was Jane Seymour. Wait, ew, what? <laughs> okay, but here's the big one. 
You ever heard of the game Bingo? Nope, Coin Master. Have you ever heard of the game Coin Master? No, it sounds stupid. Advertising, or like people who have sponsored or endorsed this particular product. David Schwimmer from Friends. David. Oh, okay. That Ross. doesn't surprise me too much, no matter what that is. John Stamos, who I feel like is close to Ryan Reynolds in that he'll endorse anything if they throw yeah, money at him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Kardashians. Really? And Jennifer Lopez. What? No, I this did is, not see her doing that. The shit. ad is amazing. There's this couple, and they're in a in the produce section of a supermarket, <laughs> and the wife goes, "Is that J Lo?" And then the husband goes, "Is that Coin Master?" <laughs> And then Jennifer Lopez just turns her head and her hair flies behind her and she's playing the game and that's it. <laughs> but wow. again, if you could take, if you could get paid a shit ton of money for that amount of time. <laughs> I just gotta say, does she need money for something? Yesterday she was in two commercials, one after another for two separate products. Wow. For a juice and then an underwear. Like, does, does she bankrupt? Does she need to like pay off some debts or something? She's got to pay off Ben Affleck's. Yes, <laughs> man. Uh, I, I also too uptight for those kind of things. I'm trying to think of the thing that popped into my head that I didn't actually get to investigate. Okay, I can't remember what it is, but I did uh, pull a chart that I wanted to share with you guys. Uh, I don't know who all of these people are, but the company Finance Buzz did uh, an analysis of cameo effectiveness. Mm -hmm. People that you can get the worst value from on cameo in the actor category include Ice-T <laughs> and Michael Rappaport. <laughs> oh, God. What? Do people still hear Michael Rappaport for anything? I can't understand why they would, but... <laughs> Isn't he like a problem on many levels? <laughs> And the way that they did this was they checked a person's popularity via Google searches, uh -huh. and they compared it to the price that, uh, you know, that they're... Okay. Ooh, do we know what Michael cost. Rappaport's price <laughs> No, I don't know off the top of my head. Okay. No, yeah, I can just Google that. The worst value on Cameo is Mets first baseman Pete Alonzo, who charges... This is, by the way, not for business... $300 per video. Oh. I mean, that doesn't sound like a good deal because I don't know who he is, but don't people charge way more? Here's one for you. Reality TV stars Tom Brooks from 90 Day Fiance. Uh-huh. No, nothing? Oh, yeah, no, I'm waiting to, to okay. hear the number. And Johnny Fairplay from Survivor represent the best values on Cameo, charging less than 55 cents per popularity point and less than $20 per video. Oh, I gotta say that that's pretty good. I thought Tom Brooks was full of himself. That's pretty reasonable. Yeah. So the best values include um, them as well as William Hung. Oh, I forgot about him. And somebody who goes by Kanye East. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Michael Rappaport. God, it's two hundred dollars just for any video. Come on, bro. <laughs> Come on, bro. Also, are you a comedian? Do we actually think of you as that? <laughs> anyway, whatever. 
Oh, one of the best values on Cameo under musicians is Ryan Cabrera. Ryan Cabrera, that new sounds for Of me. Dashboard Confessional. Wow, what is his price? Uh, his price is $60 a video. Okay. It's reasonable, I guess, because he's pretty well known. And believe it or not, one of the worst values is Rebecca Black. Why? How is it she? Oh, let me scroll and find out. Because that's hilarious. She is $500. That's hilarious. <laughs> wow. That girl's up her own ass. <laughs> um, oh, I have a quick question before we move on. Well, you said Dashboard Confessional, right? Mark McGrath is $68. Oh. Adam Duritz from Counting Crows is $200. No. I feel like there's such a gap in between some of these people. I know. It just makes some people look like assholes. Yeah. So, go ahead, Marissa. I, I had only heard Dashboard Confessional a little bit ago. I had listened to his, the dude's other band, and I liked it. And I, when I heard Dashboard Confessional, I was like, this sounds real stupid. And then I... I think I put on social media, like, and it wasn't a joke. I was like, because someone explained Dashboard Confessional to me. I, like, missed it, and now I don't get it. And I think one of my responses was, is this a joke? Are you kidding me? And I was like, what? So I never got an answer. I feel like you you are 20 years off. But... Well, that's why I just wanted someone to explain, like, why was it why was it such a big deal? Like, it seemed like I insulted people by asking that. Can you very quickly in the middle were of the like, podcast explain it to me? They were like emo gods. And, but like, he had yeah, these sentimentally-type yeah. lyrics. It was almost like bright eyes, like, pop bright eyes in some way. Okay. So, you know what? You explained it to me. And everyone was so up their own ass that they couldn't... <laughs> Explain it to me. I just meant like, you know, were we into it because the lyrics? Was it the dude? Was it like I just wanted to know like why did everyone like this? I don't yeah. get it. And I yeah, think it was and a everyone got thing. so pissed at me. I was like, <laughs> fuck all of you. So okay, I'm sorry. Continue. Thank you. You're welcome. So ultimately, I guess you do come down to the question of what are people willing to do for money? Um, and I guess you kind of have to come up with that answer yourself. I don't remember if I said David Keckner either, but he also... Um, Who's David Keckner? He's a guy with a crooked mouth. <laughs> Wait, who is in Anchorman and Krampus. Oh! Oh, I want, ooh, I want to see how much he co- pe- uh, costs on Cameo. He has a punchable face. So that makes me feel bad. <laughs> because he's probably a pleasant person in real life. He does seem like a pleasant person in like interviews, but his characters are always douchey. So. Like intolerable. Oh, God. $200, bro. Get off your ass. Oh, it looks like he has 760 reviews. So a lot of people have $200 to burn. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know what? I looked at his cameo, and he, he immediately looked nice already, and now I feel bad. <laughs> that is way too much money, but he looks like a nice person, and I'm sorry he says he, I said he has a punchable face. <laughs> I uh, had no idea that, you know, a, a phone game could make so much money, but... um. Moreover, I think it's just as shocking that you could end up, you know, just kind of taking the skeleton of a game and putting another coat of paint on it, so to speak, and making a completely new game out of it. I just can't believe Kathy Bates and Pedro Pascal were willing to do that even for the money. There was a game that was canceled. That was the other thing I didn't realize. 
some games get canceled. <laughs> Why? I mean, I know like like high profile like PS games sometimes do because they have too many bugs or I don't know, probably something controversial could happen. But what? Why do phone games get canceled? I don't know if it's just like not popular enough. But oh. um, there was one that was called Spooky Pop, and that made me think of you, Marissa, because that sounds fun. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's people, um, you know, trying to take out ghosts and stuff. But that got canceled. Oh, that's right. This is a sadder story. Uh, they developed the whole game and then they canceled it. Yeah, I think I they just they, didn't think it was gonna hit. I hope they got money. I hope they got paid. I'd play. Spooky oh yeah, Pop. definitely. If you made Spooky Pop, call me up. I'll play it. <laughs> so, do you have any questions? There was there was something really significant that I am leaving out of this. Um, questions, no comments. This all bummed me out. <laughs> That's just all I got. I'm really sad that Pedro Pascal is promoting this game that doesn't have true mysteries. Because he made me think, maybe I misjudged this game. What? That was the other thing. Thank you for mentioning that. Um, pretty much the script for all the ads that people, you know, use Cameo to get. Like, mm -hmm. all the celebrities say the same thing. There's sometimes a little bit of, you know, deviation. But for the most mm -hmm. part, it's like you have to hit these main points. Yeah. And um, the other thing that is, you know, worth noting is that a lot of times they're like, you don't need Wi-Fi to play this game. There are no ads. It's really relaxing. Uh, mm -hmm. There are smooth graphics, all these types of things. They all have ads. They all can be played on off of Wi-Fi if you already downloaded part of the next, like the next part of the game. But after you beat that, you need to be connected to Wi-Fi in order to get to the next part. So it's like anything else on your phone. It it works to a point when it's not connected to a network. <laughs> I will say this, and this is not officially a plug, but I do play Best Fiends off the internet all of the time. I played it on a huge flight. And the only thing you can't do is if you run out of lives, usually mm. you can get some more by watching ads. You can't do that off the internet, but I've never run out of levels that I could access off of the internet. And there are only ads when you want free lives. Play Best Fiends, guys. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very popular podcast game. I know, and they got me. They got me, Pete. I've been playing <laughs> Best Fiends for years now. I play it when I'm getting ready for go to go to bed, when I'm on some sort of public transportation, just when I'm doing nothing. Yeah. Do the thing. To that end, Marissa, if you mm -hmm. don't have any follow-up questions. No, I guess not. It's pretty thorough. Thank you. Listener mail. I forgot that we have some listener mail. Oh, yeah, I was wondering what you were doing. But I was I, just so excited to get to the topic. I, I wrote, yeah, I was pretty excited. Sorry, I'm not tired of you. I just think I ate something wrong. I wrote five solid pages of notes on this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. We got a couple of calls from Alex. Let's okay. hear from Alex. Hi, this is Alex. On a recent episode of Y'all Hurt, 
Pete described an issue whereby his birthday card had been delivered to a domestic violence shelter and that they were trying to keep the location secure. Yes, this is totally a thing. My spouse is a social worker, and back when we first started dating, she was working at a center for women and families, uh, like a, a home that people could stay at temporarily, and a number of families would live in this gigantic house. And it was not exactly a domestic violence center itself, but it was affiliated women. People would sometimes go from one to the other. So they tried to keep the location secure. So, like, if you wanted to donate anything to this home, you would need to sign a form saying that you would not disclose the location of it. At one point, uh, Verizon accidentally publicly listed their address for a while, which is real oh, bad. Wow. And so to make up for it, Verizon gave them a very cool security system and free Internet, at least for a oh, while. At any rate, nice. I think we should do what we can to support centers for women and families, especially domestic violence centers. Um, thank you for verifying that. And while that makes sense to me, the I what stuck out to me was not that she said I can't tell you, but that she took the time to say, I don't want you to know where I am when she could have just never said that at all and just said Yeah, that's I'll meet true. you somewhere. She it's like she wanted to egg <laughs> you on with her mystery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I could have been like, well, well, I'll come to you. And she could have been like, no, no, we'll meet, you know, here instead. Yeah, but instead she was like, oh, no, you shan't know where I, where I am from. So I just thought it was funny that she just, like, didn't think that through. But anyway. Yeah. And I know that before I, like, Marissa, what were you talking about playing games when you're not doing anything? Is that yeah. That I know I use that as a transition, but that's related to the second call from Alex. So oh. that's this one. Okay. So I'm calling in about the recent episode on podcasts. I feel like there's a couple of things that I can chime in on. So one is that I uh, I listen to a fair number of like informational podcasts, but that's I don't know less of a focus these days. I listen to a fair amount of narrative nonfiction, like 99% Invisible or This American Life. I listen to uh, a lot of podcasts about board games, and then I've got a couple of uh, recommendations. Um, One is called Death Panel, and it's about leftism and and what we can be doing to support each other in terms of taking care of each other's health. Um, I really like their coverage on COVID. Uh, Another one that I recommend is Is This Democracy? Uh, About how much democracy and for whom there should be in America. And that one has enlightened me to a lot of the challenges that our country faces these days. Regarding Serial, uh, yes, it's a very well-recognized podcast. It went on beyond season one. Season one got a lot of buzz, but season two actually had more downloads, I believe. And that one was about Bo Bergdahl. Season three stepped back and looked at... Um, what things are like in a courtroom. Um, so season one was really focused on one court case and was in some ways, I think, kind of distorted. But season three gave a broader look as to issues with our criminal justice system. Over the past couple of years, we've learned more about the case of Adnan Syed, who was the accused, described in the case from season one, and discovered that ultimately, you know, he was freed from jail because there was something called a Brady violation. There was misconduct by the prosecutors who were acting against him. So a lot of the narrative of that season was pitched as a, like, oh, was he guilty or was he innocent? Who was the real murderer? When really, I think the story should have been about how our criminal justice system is very screwed up. Uh, oh, S-Town was mentioned. They have a few spin-off podcasts. S-Town is one of them. Not recommended. Kind of unethical, that one, I think. Oh. It, it was, but... Unethical? I would what do you mean? It. What do you mean? They kind of exploited the hell out of some redneck guy. <laughs> oh, interesting. Is that by NPR? 
it's by I it like he said it was a spin-off podcast so somebody was affiliated with Serial oh, but no I don't think it wasn't I mean S Town stands for shit town so oh, okay. it wasn't really like NPR endorsed so to speak Okay got it At least that's what I recall ages ago it used to be the thing that like if I was just going to go to the bathroom for a couple of minutes I would just pull out a podcast and listen to the middle of a story, a couple random minutes of the story, because there was just so much to listen to. Alex is uh, really going to put Marissa and I in our place, so just strap in, Marissa, because uh-huh. <laughs> okay, because he's 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 going to do it in an Alex way. He's going to okay. be very soft and very friendly about it, okay. but at the same time, he's going to be telling us some truths that we don't want to hear. <laughs> Okay. So much information to take in. And that was that was before I was diagnosed with some pretty serious mental health problems. And I guess I just got so used to trying to suck down information all the time. And I mean, I, I do like information. I've loved information since I was a kid. Just information is a big category. But yeah, I guess like part of it was that I was just really like super fixated on getting a lot of information at one point in my life. And I think part of it was that um, I, I didn't want to be there with some of my own scary thoughts and being able to just... Mm listen to a lot of talking with something that could get me to think about something than my own ruminations that were pretty harmful for me. And so uh, I guess I have kind of mixed feelings on like what it's like to just listen to a lot of podcasts because it can be something that can be helpful for shaking me loose from some of my own unproductive ramblings. But on the other hand, uh, you know, it does also take time to reflect and, you know, it takes quiet to reflect and see what's really going on. And uh, I'm not sure what the right answer there is, right? It, it would seem like the right thing to do if your, your thoughts aren't quite working right is to just try and really focus on them and see if you can understand them. And I guess it's important to do that some of the time. And I've discovered that you can also get really burned out on that. So I guess what I want to say is I strongly recommend podcasts some of the time. All right. Thanks. Bye. I thought I thought I was gonna say I strongly recommend you both get therapy. <laughs> I'm sure he does. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I am. Uh, ever since my podcast episode, I have been in my mind ramping up to make myself have more silence, but I haven't done it yet. I've just been thinking, soon, Marissa, soon I'm gonna make you live with yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and again, I think that does lend itself to. The M word, um, which, you know. Ma- monsters, maturity, ma- masochism, masturbation. Mindfulness. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> which isn't masturbation, but a form. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry, go on. Um, you know, just, I think that is part of mindfulness. Seeing your thoughts, recognizing them, that sort of thing. And uh, so while we all know that Alex is right and that we should be eating, you know, leafy greens, we are just going to have another candy bar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, at least emotionally. Um, but no, I think it's definitely a good point. Definitely worth mentioning. And there was a time in my life where I was a little bit more steady, I guess. And I think a lot of it did come from, you know having some quiet time once in a oh, while. Oh, I don't know. Was I ever more steady? I don't even know, Pete. <laughs> I feel like when I used to live near you, we would hang out all the time. I was always on the verge of combustion. Even when I was 
Yeah, a teen. I was always on the verge. I think I lived my life on the verge. (laughs) Anyway, is there one more call? In the interest of honesty, you should know that I did hear from Eric Agby again. (laughs) Oh, okay. But it's the same email as last time. (laughs) Tell him we're interested. (laughs) And, uh... Uh... We did get another one, but that was also just kind of spam. Uh, I don't know if you want me to. No. Okay. They just pissed me off. No, I'm not going to download the attachment. <laughs> <laughs> Plugs. So uh, what's your plug? Okay, so there's a couple of things I wanted to plug. For me, I just put out an episode. There's two things that just came out today from me. One is a hiatus episode of the La Brea Purvea, where I talk about how the show portrays family and divorce and how I think it's kind of messed up. Mm. Wait. Are they divorced? Oh, no, but there is, they're separated. But oh. the kids sort of act like they're divorced in a way. Oh, okay. Um, and of then, course they would. Those kids fucking suck. They do. Um, and then... At 4 o'clock, when we started recording this, because I set PM and AM backwards on uh, Patreon, a new Patreon piece went up uh, for Pete's previews. Yeah, I was like, why are you launching something while I'm talking to you? And unfortunately, it's 20 minutes long. What? Where I focus on a couple of movies, and uh, I had fun doing it, so maybe you'll have fun listening to it and watching it. How like 20 minutes by the... Headline, it just looks like there's children's movies. Yeah, it is. <laughs> okay, well, I'll check that out later. But for things that I don't make, I was looking for uh, a show to watch that was going to be kind of like, that was going to just be light and pass the time. And um, I ended up watching this show called Class of 07 on Amazon Prime. It's uh, another apocalypse show, but it's, mm-hmm. a, it's a comedy. It's about a woman who goes to her, um, I think it's 10-year high school anniversary or what do you call that reunion thank you (laughs) and uh, and uh basically the world starts leaking (laughs) like everything becomes wet uh except for their school which is up on a hill so now she has to kind of like live with all these people and they're sort of like back in school so to speak so okay i don't know um, I found it to be pretty funny, and I had some laugh-out-loud moments, so maybe you will, too, if you're looking for something light. Okay. Uh, Class of 07, you said? Yeah. So I, this is not actually a plug. This is just a call to, if by any chance anyone is familiar with these, reach out to us at 570pod1 or DM me at wristvandal. Um, you know these best-selling books? I think the first one is A Crown of Roses and Thorns or something. Uh, I heard of it from the ladies on the last podcast network who would refer to it as the fairy fuck books, which I don't like reading erotica, but I just wanted to see if it was really as ridiculous as they said by, by referring to the fairy fuck books. I'm halfway through the first book and there's not fucking, which I'm glad because I don't, I'm not a prude. I just don't like reading about fucking. Because then people say throbbing a lot and it's upsetting. That's the best part. The The throbbing (laughs) and the um, synonyms. (laughs) Yeah, and I hate it. Um, The one thing I wanted to bring up is 
Yeah, it's like a mortal in a fairy world. And when you think of, like, sexy fairies, do you... What do you think, like... Of course, they could come in all shapes, sizes, colors, races, but, like, what do you guys imagine, like, fairies to be, like, like really pale and shit and, like, waif-like and stuff? Wouldn't you, or am I making bad assumptions? Yeah, or blue. Well, I, well yeah. They just always mention how muscular and tan the fairies are. Again, if this was a brown-skinned fairy or a black fairy, that's one thing. But I don't know why, but I... It turns me off when you're talking about a very tanned <laughs> person. No, okay. That sounds bad. It's just like... <laughs> this is so bad. Long story short, I expect... Let me, let me, let me backtrack. I expect fairies to be, like, sort of androgynous and, okay. like, more beautiful, perhaps even a touch feminine, mm-hmm. whether they are male or female. If I may cut in. Okay. Ireland. That's why we think they're pale. Yes. So I'm not saying I have a problem with tan white people. I'm just saying it's not what I expected. And they seem like they're trying to go with, like, the the heteronormative masculine ideal of what most people consider a hot man. And I'm mm. turned off. I wanted something, like, kind of, like, androgynous. Maybe, like, blurs the line between male and female. Like, something, like, beautiful. I don't want... A man with muscles and like hair bristling from his tanned pecs, and I was just like, "These aren't fairies," so I don't think I'm gonna be able to keep reading it. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, if you're reading them and you don't like them, or you do like them, or you think I should keep reading them despite that, oh, also they have masks permanently stuck to their faces. Why? <laughs> that's another aspect that's bothering me. <laughs> Anyway, there's a lot happening that's annoying me. Oh, and they also have claws. There's a lot that I'm just like, this is not doing it for me, man. Anyway. Is there a manic pixie dream girl? Not yet, but I'll give it time. <laughs> anyway, guys. Uh, yeah, call us at 570pod11 for reasons beyond whether or not you're reading that book. And, uh... Where can they email us, Pete? At shout at yallheard.me. And, uh, guys, thank you for listening, as always. And, wait, uh, wait, really quick. Uh-huh. Marissa got to see this. Listeners, if you're a Patreon contributor, then maybe you got to see this as well. But I was just wondering, Marissa, before we go, could you tell everybody your opinion on the trailer for Ride On, starring Jackie Chan and a horse? Oh, I mean, I don't remember what I said. I know it made me really unhappy. <laughs> isn't Jackie Chan way better than what that is? This seems like something he would have done early in his career when he was trying to do an American crossover and sometimes picked up janky projects. Uh, but one, he's better than this. Two, I don't understand his relationship to the horse. Three, it's stupid. <laughs> Pete right. seems into it, though. Ride on stars. Jackie Chan is a washed up stuntman who can barely make ends meet, let alone take care of his beloved stunt horse, Red Hair. Oh, okay. I wasn't sure it was a stunt horse. For some reason, in retrospect, I recall them. I thought it referred to them as like brothers or something. (laughs) (laughs) And also, knowing that it's his horse also makes it a little bit better. 
Yeah. I thought yeah. it was just a horse, and he was like, I'm going to make a comeback, and I got this horse as a gimmick. I just what? need to teach it how to fight. Guys, it's one thing. Yeah, it's one thing. It was like, oh, a stunt horse, and he, like, it, like, does jumps and stuff. Like, I feel like this stunt horse, like, does, like, punches or mm-hmm. something. Just come on, Jackie. <laughs> You're one of the best. What are you doing? Ugh, made me mad. The stuntman and the horse become overnight media sensations when their real-life fight with debt collectors goes viral on social media. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm not watching that because I have too much respect for Jackie Chan. The film's release is set for April 7th, with hap- which happens to be the legendary action star's 69th birthday. Oh, come on, man. Wait, wh- where is it being released? In China. Okay, good. I don't even want it. I don't even want to see a thumbnail of it on any of my streaming services. <laughs> it'll just make me sad. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Marissa, for being sad for us. <laughs> see you later, guys. Bye. Yeah, hi. Hi.